This message was recorded during a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. I think we should begin with prayer and, um, and then we'll dive into this. Father in heaven, thank you for teaching us to pray. Jesus' disciples observed him praying and they wanted to pray. And he taught them to pray. And so, Lord, I thank you that for the folks that are here this morning, they have a desire to pray. And that is your work in their lives. They want to pray. They want to have communion with you. They want to have fellowship with God in Christ. They they want to know how to pray. And so, that's something you're doing in their heart, Lord. And I pray that this, this morning would help. I pray that as we walk through this that it would be maybe the first step towards developing a prayer life or maybe they've been praying for years and this will just be helpful to encourage them so they don't lose heart so that they continue to pray. But we're in your hands, Lord, and we need your work and I pray that this meeting would be helpful in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, remember... I've got to get rid of my gown. Sorry about that. Uh, remember, Jesus uh, gave us the, let's just read the, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Zach is going to be preaching on the Lord's Prayer this morning. Our Father in heaven, Matthew 6, verse 9. So, Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now the thing that stuck out to me this time as we've been really studying the Lord's Prayer, the thing that I felt like the Lord really... uh, encouraged me with in a fresher way or a clearer way than ever was I needed to pray every day. And I'm not legalistic in, in my prayer life. So I, I don't, I'm not given to being condemned if I don't pray and, and uh, feeling righteous if I do pray. That's just not the way I'm wired. Some of you probably are wired that way. Many people are. But I'm not wired that way. So I'm not, I've I've never felt, you know, bad. If I didn't have my devotional time that morning, I don't walk through the day condemned. Um, I, uh, you may be, that may scare you actually. But uh, I, I think I can say, you know, I think I pray every day. I just, I may not have that devotional time in the morning. I normally do. Most days I do, but if I don't, it's, I'm not condemned by that. But the thing that hit me as I studied the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. And it just hit me, you know what? I need to ask the Lord daily for bread, etc. And so, I want to encourage you to pray each day um, because we need God each day. Uh, But you don't have to pray an hour every day. 
Um, but this is a guide. So, so Jesus clearly, everybody recognizes that in the Lord's Prayer, it's not like, okay, pray like this. So you just say that prayer and you're done for the day. Okay, good. No, he's giving, he's teaching them to pray. They watched him pray all night. And he's teaching them, okay, here's how you pray. And what I learned early on was that this Lord's Prayer is like track. It's like a track. It's like um, you're, a, you're a track a- athlete like the great Wes Priestley, who was a great track athlete. And you're going to run a mile. Back in the day, you had a quarter mile per lap. If you're going to run a mile, you run four. And so the Lord's Prayer is kind of like a lap. That's, that revolutionized my prayer life because then I took the Lord's Prayer and that's what this guide is, this method of prayer is all about so that I have laps. I can walk out that door right now and go for a 30-minute walk and pray for 30 minutes because of this method that I have. Now, I've done it for so long, it's memorized you don't have to memorize it. You can put this little guidebook in your back pocket, pull it out, help you remember it. Before you know it, you will have it memorized. You'll remember it. And then, it, man, it is a wonderful blessing to be thrown into prison without a Bible, without a book, and be able to pray. Uh, I'm, or to go for a walk for 30 minutes and pray, which is what I do. Um, but I've always thought, yeah, it would be nice, you know, if I don't have access to stuff to be able to pray. And, and you want to be able to do that if you can. So that's what the method of prayer is all about. I'm going to try to get to that. But beginning, in the beginning here, these are the commands and promises of God. And I review these regularly. So each and every week, I review, okay, Jesus taught us to pray. Why do I pray? Because Jesus... In Luke 18 is a gospel where Jesus kind of uh, encourages prayer maybe more than the other gospels. There seems to be an emphasis with Luke that he wanted to bring out. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So Luke 18.1, he, he tells a par- parable. Verse 1 says he tells a parable to his disciples so that they would always pray and not lose heart or not get discouraged or depressed. Instead, they would pray. And what, what was the parable he told? It was the parable about the persistent widow. Remember? It's, a, it's an amazing parable because he tells this story about this lady that just goes to an unrighteous judge. And God is not an unrighteous judge. But this lady goes to an unrighteous judge trying to get justice. He won't give it to her. He won't give it to her because she deserves it. He won't give it to her because he's compassionate or merciful. Why does he give it to her? Because she's persistent. And she's going to wear the guy out. So he says, I'll give her what you want because you're going to wear me out. And Jesus says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. So I review this on a regular basis. Okay, so Lord... I am going to persist in prayer. Not going to lose heart. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm going to persist in prayer like the persistent widow. The one I like better is in Luke 11. Remember the friend that comes at midnight? Hey, you know, I I need a loaf of bread. And he's his friend. And he says, get out of here. My family's already in bed. Go leave us alone. But he keeps asking. Keeps knocking. 
This is a parable about prayer. And so <laughs> Jesus says, you know, the, even though he's his friend, he's not giving him bread because he's his friend. He's giving him bread because of his impudence. Not just persistence, disrespectful persistence. So I will, before I pray, I'll say, oh, Lord, you, you encourage me to be disrespectfully persistent in prayer. So I'm going to wear you out with my prayer life. And so I, I review these. Jesus said, up until now, you haven't asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. So answered prayer is a tremendous joy. It's, it's fun to, I, I mean, there will be moments today where people will come up to me and I will say that's an answer to prayer because we've been praying about this. It gives you joy and it encourages you to pray more. It's a, it's a great gift, James said. You have not because you ask not. John says in 1 John 5, he says, we know that if we ask according to His will, He hears us and we have our requests. Well, what is His will? I mean, we discover that in God's Word. So there's so many promises that we have. So, for example, some of you guys with young uh, families, you know, praying for my children as they grew up. And that I have, there's an answer to prayer right there. It's my favorite daughter-in-law. She is an answer to prayer. I am not kidding you. I prayed hundreds of prayers for that girl right there. Now she's mad at me because I'm embarrassing her. But she's an answer to prayer. And <laughs> it gives me great joy. And I wore the Lord out. If you knew her husband, you'd go, it's a miracle! My goodness! That is an answer to prayer. And... It's an awesome privilege. So, it, when, you're, when you're raising your children, your number one request is what? That they, you know, I used to pray on a regular basis, they would know the Lord, that they would experience salvation, that they would experience God's mercy and be saved and forgiven of their sins the way I had. That's what I constantly pray. The way Sherry and I, Lord, that's what we want for our children. Is that a bad desire? I don't think so. And, and when they're 18, if that prayer hasn't been answered, what should you do? Disrespectful persistence. Never give up. Don't come to me at 18. Well, God didn't you know, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. He departed. He's 18! Keep praying. Persist in prayer. And finally, it, got, uh, it glorifies God. Psalm 50, verse 15. This was, um, you ever read Robinson Crusoe? Probably nobody has. Charles Spurgeon once pre preached a famous message on Robinson Crusoe. Um, and Psalm 50, verse 15 was Robinson Crusoe's uh, prayer because he was stranded on a desert island, if you remember. Uh, Call upon me. In the day of trouble, I will rescue you and you will honor me. Prayer glorifies God. 
There's a number of psalms like this. Psalm 86.7, I just wrote a few down. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. Psalm 91.15, when he calls to me, this is the Lord, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will rescue him and honor him. I, I think my, you know, people talk about what's the most, your favorite verse, or your most important verse, or your life verse. For me, it's Psalm 121.1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Probably because I'm always in the mountains fishing. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth. So, prayer glorifies God because what I'm saying is God rescued me. God helped me. God, I depend on God. I am unable. He enables me, etc. Okay, here's the method of prayer. It's on page 12. So how to pray. How to have these laps so that when you start to pray, you get up in the morning and you want to pray longer than two minutes. Lord, help me today. Lord, give me my daily bread. Lord, provide for me. Lord, i got this meeting. You know, you want to... You want to pray more than that. Here's a method. And you'll notice there are numbers. So there are seven numbers. See that? Number one is confession of need. Two is confession of faith in the Gospel. Three is praise God for who He is. Four is thanksgiving. Five is confession of sin. Six is petition. Seven is confession of trust, thanksgiving. And again, there's so many different forms of this this is not the one you have to do i don't know i don't even know how i came up with this or yeah i don't remember but at the end of the day this is what i use as a method you can you may have heard of the acronym acts adoration confession thanksgiving supplication there's all kinds of ideas for how to implement the lord's teaching on prayer and um this is just mine, but I can, I can use this so that I can get up in the morning and, um, and I can, uh, yeah, I've got seven laps. I can pray 10 minutes. I can play, pray 30 minutes. A lot of times uh, I'll do personal retreats. I took the pastoral team on a retreat and I said, I'm going to show you guys how to pray. And we went on about a five mile hike. And so, I, uh, you know, we just kind of yucked it up for a couple miles, and I said, okay, let's pray. Well, then we had to pray like an hour and a half before we got back. That's what I do. I'll trick myself. So I'll start out praying, and then I'll go for a hike. Next thing I know, I'm three miles out, and before I know it, I've prayed for an hour by the time I get back, and I've just used this method. Now, you're looking at me like I'm odd, and that's because I'm odd. But it is a. the point is, is that you see how you have these. And so in Jesus, in the Lord's Prayer, it's not, it, it, that's what He's giving as topics. Today, uh, Zach is going to you know, preach on, um, how would be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then next week, I'll do the petitions that we're praying for God's help for us. But each of those are not meant to be just said quickly, but they're categories. And you can use those to guide you in prayer. So first one, number one, is a confession of need. 
This is from Jerry Bridges. He doesn't get credit here, but he should. I plagiarized. Prayer is an acknowledgement of God's sovereignty and our dependence on Him to act on our behalf. We should never let God's sovereignty discourage us in prayer. God's sovereignty is the greatest encouragement in prayer because it means He can answer prayer. He can do anything He wants. The Lord does what He pleases. That means if He says, I'm going to answer your prayers. He can answer your prayers. And so it gives us great hope. He he is infinite. He is eternal. He is self-sufficient. I am am finite. I am limited. I am mortal. I need help. He doesn't need help. I need help. So, Isaiah 40, He doesn't faint or grow weary. We faint and grow weary, right? Okay? Psalm 63 is one of my, my favorites. You know, I, I, I say this one on a regular basis. It's just a great prayer. God, You are my God. Earnestly, I seek You. I, I memorized it in a different version, so I better read it here. My soul thirsts for You. My, my flesh faints for You. So there's thirsting. There's a fainting. Like I'm in a dry and weary land. There's no water. I'm in a desert place. That I, that's how that expresses my need for God. So I, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, though, where you are, and I've seen your power and your glory. I'm thirsty. I'm empty. I'm in trouble. And you, on the other hand, are, are filled. You, you are full. You are powerful. I've seen that. And. I've beheld your power, so I'm coming to you. Then, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. I'll lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I'll meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. And this one, in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me. So we begin with just a confession of need. And then secondly is a confession of faith in the Gospel. So you've heard people say, preach the Gospel to yourself every day. Learn the Gospel. Get a few verses that help you. There's a few listed in here that I use. uh, And I just go back over on a regular basis. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Here's the Gospel. Who loved me and gave Himself for me. I don't nullify the grace of God. For as Christ died needlessly if, if I have to work for my righteousness. But God doesn't relate to me based on my performance. 
He never relates to me based on my performance. I always fall short of the glory of God. Everything I do is shot through with sin in one way or another. He doesn't. He never relates to me. He doesn't love me based on something He sees in me. He loves me because I'm in Christ by faith. I'm united to Him. And He loves His Son. And so, He, he gave His Son to me. And now I, I live a life, I live my life in this world by faith, by trusting Him. I, I have a righteousness that comes from God, Philippians 3, on the basis of faith. Not a righteousness that comes by my works, but a righteousness that comes by... Now, you, we, we're going to sing this today. God made Him who knew no sin to be sin on my behalf, that I might become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so, he, my sins were counted as His on the cross. His righteousness that He earned in His life is counted as mine. And now God relates to me based on that. So that's the great treasure of the kingdom. I have access to God because of Christ. Instead of, I've been reading through Ezekiel, and you know, instead of our God being a God, God being a consuming fire in my life and destroying me, that, that's what I deserve. Instead, He accepts accepts me he welcomes me he even invites me because of christ that's the gospel so you want to preach that to yourself every day and we all have this tendency to think if i do well if i do right god likes me if i mess up he doesn't like me why is that because that's the way we relate to one another <laughs> but he's not like that he's relating to us because of Christ. And so, he's looking at Christ. And we want to look at Christ. But we don't have a tendency to do that. And that's why every day, preach the Gospel to yourself. Don't think it's redundant. Paul lived by faith. So, he'd been crucified in Christ. And he, in the life he was living, every day, he lived by faith. The Justification is a once. It occurs once. You know, it's not like we're getting justified again. But we live by faith. And so we're trusting Christ. We want to preach the Gospel to ourselves. And that's why, you know, Luther said, just keep pounding that nail. That's why you'll come on a Sunday. And you better hear the Gospel preached. You know, we're going to have an hour and a half and you better hear the Gospel preached. And you and I both know, oh, you're going to hear the Gospel preached. You're going to hear it preached. And then you go throughout every day just review the Gospel. I remember one time, there was a, a guy came to church and, uh, you know, he, he wanted to be filled with the Spirit. He wanted to... You know, he wanted to, you know, have his spiritual gifts. He wanted to express them. And I remember him saying something to the effect of, you know, you guys are preaching the gospel. We've already heard that. You know, it's just like, it's just, <laughs> you know, why do we have to keep talking about the gospel? And uh, I don't remember what I said, but I, I remember it was very diplomatic. So it was, 
But I couldn't disagree more. I, I think you will find that the Spirit and the Gospel are linked. And uh, <laughs> this may be crazy. But this morning, okay, so I get up very early. And I had worked on this. I went through this because I, I don't use this. I have one at home. Not this booklet, but a paper that I use that has all this on this. But I wanted to go through what you would have in your hand. And uh, so I went through it carefully and was preparing so, you know, I could do this class. And, and so <laughs> I packed up. I'm old and don't think very well. And uh, got in my car and I'm driving along. And I just had this thought. Okay, I've loaded up my briefcase and put it in my car. And I'm almost out of my neighborhood. And I thought, that booklet is not in my briefcase. I turned around. and Well, I got my phone out and looked in my briefcase. It wasn't in my briefcase. What had happened was I had my, bi- my home Bible. And I had decided not to bring it. And it was in that home Bible. And I had accidentally, I, I had no idea. I thought it was, I remembered putting it in the briefcase. So I'm a charismatic. That's my point. I think that was the spirit. And I, you know, I believe in the gifts of the spirit. I believe the spirit is at work today. I'm not a cessationist. I'm a charismatic continuationist. I believe the Spirit's still where I love the Gospel. And the more I preach the Gospel, the more I feel filled with the Spirit. The more I feel God's pleasure. Don't ever give in to... I think it's a lie. You know, just think about Christ. Preach Christ. Study Christ. Review Christ. Review His work. And I, I think you'll sense God's pleasure and it'll serve your soul. So receive grace by faith. Take possession of grace. That's what we're trying to do here. We're preaching the Gospel. We're confessing our faith in the Gospel. We're, we're, we're taking possession. We're appropriating the grace that comes to us from God. The riches of our inheritance that come from God because of Christ. That's, we're trying to take possession of that every day. I want that great. Lord, I need grace. So Colossians 1 there on page 13. Colossians 1, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you. He has delivered you from the domain. He has transferred us. We have redemption with forgiveness of sins. So that's the Gospel has provided all that. We just review that. We preach that to ourselves. God wants us to come to Him daily. Seeing ourselves clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And then... We're through all that. Number three, we praise God for who is every day. I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Every day, Lord, I will praise you. I always love this transition point when I'm praying. You know why? Because He's worthy to be praised. And I love to praise Him. And that's a miracle. It's a miracle. But my guess is everybody in this room would say the same. Oh, He, I, I just, 
can I say, it's fun to praise the Lord. You know, He is worthy of praise. And I love to praise Him. We love to praise things, don't we? It's, it's like C.S. Lewis talked about this when people would complain. God always seems like He's, you know, like some vain person who has to be told how great they are. You're missing it. And Lewis tried to explain this. He says, you know, really, it blesses us to praise Him. I, I can't say it the way C.S. Lewis said it, but I get it. It's like, I like to praise things. If you get me talking about Sherry, my wife, I, I just love to praise Sherry. <laughs> I think she's wonderful. And I love to talk about it. Uh, now I can't say anything else because nothing compares with her. So the first thing that came to mind was I have the best dog in the world, but I, I don't want to do that, okay? Because <laughs> there's no comparison. And I could be misunderstood, and I don't want to be misunderstood. But we love to praise things. Say, for example, let's stay on the sherry vein. She cooked a great meal. I, uh, I love to, you know, it, it's almost like part of the fulfillment is just being able to say, man, that was great. <laughs> that was really good. And so praising God is, is not a burden. It's a, it's a great joy. And so I have in here, his, he's transcended in all his attributes. There's no one like him. He is worthy of our praise and he, he is the one that should receive our praise above all others because in all His attributes, all, all, you, you, we may be loving, but no one loves like God loves. He is all-powerful, omnipotent. He is all-knowing, omniscient. All His attributes, His love, His grace, His mercy, His power, His majesty... They're all transcendent, all surpassing. There, there's nothing like Him. So no matter what you praise, nothing deserves praise like the Lord does. So I like to think about His characteristics during this time when I'm praising Him and it just reviewing who He is. And it helps you praise Him. And then thanksgiving. So we, we give thanks to God for His gifts and acts. So... A fourth thing that I always do, I try to pause just for a second and go, all right, in the last 24 hours or whatever, the last what, what are things I can think of that I, sh I should be thankful for? And you know what? There's always something in there. There's always something. I guarantee if we all just paused right now, we could just take a minute and go, if I said, okay, what are you thankful for? Just in the last couple of days, what are you thankful for? You know, things are coming to my mind right now. I could just go, I, you know what I'm thankful for? I checked my oil on my old Honda and I didn't have to add a quart. And that's really important. I don't have time to go into it, but, you know, that's what just came to my mind. You know, because I got my old car today and drove and I'm like, man, I'm really thankful I didn't have to put another quart in there. Because the longer I go... According to my mechanic, that's a good thing. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> you know, we, we can just, you know, my grandson made his first two basket yesterday. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I'm, his enthusiasm after he made a basket, his only basket, I think it was the last game of the year, right? Uh, okay. So he'll score five next week. <laughs> 
it, it after he made the basket, he's like, you know, <laughs> he did this number, and you know, maybe you don't appreciate it much, but if you're his grandfather, you're like, man, I'm I'm really thankful. Uh, it was somewhat miraculous that he made a basket. But there's just all these little things that in God's providence He puts in our lives. There's so many obvious things. We have food today. We have friends. We have relationships. We're blessed in so many ways. Yes, there's tons of adversity, but there's also many, many rich blessings. And so it's just really good to pause every day and give thanks. Today, when you have lunch, you know, give thanks for your food. Lord, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Not everybody today has food. Confession of sin, um, number five. So, if you're introspective, if you struggle with legalism, if this becomes a one-hour exercise, you got a problem. That, that's not what this is about. And it's why, you know, it's really easy-er to confess sin when you've reviewed the Gospel. When you've gone through the Gospel and you know that you have forgiveness. You've taken possession of the grace of forgiveness. So God is not going to consume you with His wrath. Because He's already poured out the wrath for your sins on His own Son on the cross. So we can confess our sins. So now, this is an ex exercise in a relationship that you have with God who is offended by sin. And so it's really, that this is my time I, I, where I'm like, Lord, if there's any hurtful way within me, if there's any sin that I don't, remember a lot of times <laughs> it's not uncommon for me to know exactly what I'm confessing you know I went to bed I could have confessed it couldn't wait to get up so that I can walk out that door go straight to my wife and say forgive me I was wrong and so often that she's the one I sin against the most but sometimes there'll be other people that I've sinned against but other times it won't be things like that, but I just take a minute and the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. If we just pause for a minute and then we can say, Lord, would you forgive me of that? In light of the cross, in light of the gospel I just reviewed, I receive the blessing of forgiveness. Isn't it great? And it rather than, okay, your sin's driving you away from God, suddenly your sins are being used by God to draw you close to Him. And then, you know, I'll tell you, for me, it motivates me. I just think, I don't want to sin. I do not want to sin. It, it, it's like, I love my Heavenly Father and I confess the sin. He forgives me of my sin. He is worthy to be praised. And He loves me because of Christ. I don't want to sin. And it really serves you during, during a day if you, if you do that. And then we get to petitions. And so... Um, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. And um, we cast our anxieties to the Lord. Cast your burden on the Lord. Psalm 55, 22. And He will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous 
to be forsaken, to be shaken. What a promise. Cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will strengthen you. He will hold you in place. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Okay? So, what are we going to do? We're going to persist. We're going to be disrespectful. We're going to be so persistent (laughs) with our request. Rather than lose heart, rather than be depressed, rather than be anxious, Throughout my day, I'm going to cast my burdens to the Lord. It might be our kids. It might be our finances. could be health problems. could be, you know, we're burdened about a family member. You know, there's just so many things. Well, we're going to come to the Lord now and we're going to say, give us this day our daily bread. And everybody who teaches about the Lord's Prayer will say, it's not just bread, is it? It's everything we need. So today, Lord, what do I need today? And we, and we, and we pray. And we cast our burden to Him. And there, I like to review Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Don't let the prosperity gospel people rob us of that verse. Jesus made incredible promises about prayer I believe them. And I remind him of them when I pray. And you know what? He likes me to remind him. He he invites us to prayer. He likes prayer. The Lord knows what we need before we ask. Hey Lord, can we cut out the middleman? Why do we have to go through all this? I don't understand the mysteries of why God uses the means of prayer, but I do know He uses the means of prayer. And I think the Lord likes us to make requests. It is so clear in Scripture. He just keeps calling us and promising us. Isn't that a good thing? Don't you feel encouraged by that? So every day, Lord, whatever I ask in prayer, believe I have received it, it'll be Yours. I mean, that's quite a promise. So Lord, I, I trust You. I believe You. And, and then, you know, cast those burdens to the Lord. So everyone in here that's anxious, probably most of you, because most of us that desire prayer are just scared. It's always, fear has always served me in my prayer life. It, I'm not kidding. Fear has been, I, I, I will often say, ah, it's my old friend fear. Here you are. Alright. It motivates me to pray. And, I'm, I'm grateful in some ways. I, I'm actually, I think it's the way I'm wired and it's, it's a gift. But we, 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 we come to God and we cast our burdens to Him. And finally then, there's this um, confession of trust, of thanksgiving in advance for answered prayer. So I always like to say, Lord, I believe You've heard my requests. I give you thanks for answered prayer. All the promises. I give you thanks in advance. I'm confident, Lord, you're going to answer my prayer. I I don't think you're going to answer every prayer because in your wisdom and love for me, you know things I don't know. And so, some of the requests, and I can tell you some of them from 30 years ago, I'm glad the Lord didn't answer that prayer. Everyone in here will say that. Well, 
I, I'm not expecting Him to answer every prayer, but I do believe if I pray according to His will, His good plan for me and for His glory, that I'll have my requests. And so, at the end of the day, look over in Psalm 27. We'll, we'll close with this. This is, again, one of those incredible promises. David says, I believe, this is Psalm 27, 13, 14, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. In other words, I'm going to experience God's goodness. Now, it's funny because in Calvin, I have a quote from John Calvin here, but in his commentary on the Psalms, he kind of explains that away. Like, we shouldn't be overly confident that we're going to experience goodness because the Lord is sovereign and sometimes He has adversity, blah, 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 blah. I'm just, because Calvin's not around, I'm able to say, I disagree with you, John, on this one. I'll stick with David, okay? I'm just, David said, and I say, I believe I will look upon the goodness of the Lord before I die in the land of, live, of the living. And Calvin had no problem like after you die. Well, that's great. But you know what? I need something before I die. I want to see God's goodness before I die. And I believe that I'm going to look on the goodness of the Lord. And then he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Don't, don't be depressed. Don't be anxious. Don't be downcast. Be disrespectful in prayer. Persistent. Wait for the Lord. You'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Regardless of what John Calvin says. I'm kidding. So, yeah. I love John Calvin. So, anyway. Lord, thank you again. These are folks that want to pray. Lord, I pray that this would encourage them. Help them in their prayer life. Help them enjoy their prayer life. Answer their prayers, Lord. Nothing will encourage them more. So we now turn our attention to this meeting, this gathering, and pray for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to a Cornerstone U class given at Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Cornerstone U exists to have our minds renewed by the Word of God, to see who God is, and to live in light of His Word and Gospel. To find out more about previous Cornerstone U classes, visit us on the web at www.cornerstonechurchofknoxville.com forward slash cornerstone dash you.